Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. We exist to lead people to the abundant life in Christ. For a great way to stay connected throughout the week, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Come on, can we give God some praise in the room? Come on, give God your best praise. I love, I love the lyrics of that song, but you know, sometimes a, a song can just be lyrics or it can just be words we read on a screen and we really don't have any connection to those. But while, while we've been singing that song, I've been thinking about the lyrics. Like, I, I know that God can heal mental health. I know God can restore families. We've seen cancer disappear. Can I just tell you those aren't lyrics on a screen? that when we're singing those songs, uh, my mind is thinking of people, I see their faces, that I know that they were struggling with depression and anxiety, but come on, God healed their mental health, God restored it. That was just, was just thinking like, it's not something we just seen, we've seen cancer leave bodies and people be healed in Jesus' name. There, there are families, we have families in our church that, that there was brokenness and there was hurt. But come on, our God can put families back together. He can restore marriages. He can do it. Let's praise God for his ability, for his grace, for his goodness. Come on, let's praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's, uh, that's why there's just a little bit of confidence don't tell me he can't do it because I see the faces. I know the names. I know the stories that our God can. Our God does. Come on. Our God will. He will. He will heal. He will save. He will restore. Let's give him praise one more time. We love you, Jesus. Father, we, we pray tonight that you would be glorified, that you would be honored. You receive your worship, you receive your praise, your glory, your honor. Jesus, this is for you, this is through you, this is to you. We give you all praise, all glory, all honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise one more time in the room. Couple, while, while you're standing, while you're standing, a couple more things. One is, let's welcome all of our first-time guests and everybody watching online. We're so thankful that you're with us, and we just want to celebrate on honor. I know we've already done it, but can we just honor all the moms in the room watching online? We honor you. We love you, and we we have a little we have a little something for all of all of the moms that are here this weekend. We got a little something for you just because we wanted to say thank you for everything that you do and we honor you and we love you and we celebrate you. And then we wanted to just take uh, one mom out of every service and just show some big love and honor. And so we, we honored a mom. By the way, there's a gift card for you. Uh, there are rules for the gift card. Uh, you, you have to spend it this weekend and you have to spend it on yourself. You can't spend it on anybody else. And If, if, you, if you don't follow the rules, we're going to report it as stolen, and we're going to get the police on you. I'm just messing with you. We, we love you. One more time, would you honor all the moms? We love you. Thank you for everything. You guys can be seated. And uh, so your, your mom called me, and she asked if I would preach on money. And I was like, for you, mom, I'm going to do it, because uh, your mom wants me to help you get your money right. And uh, we're launching a new collection for the next three weeks called Wait Till I Get My Money Right. Like when, when I get my money right, come on, I'm, I'm going to step into a whole different place. And I just want to encourage you, you don't have to, God wants to help you get your money right. And I want to talk about finances for uh, the next few weekends. If you have a Bible, I'm going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm going to read verses 
11 through 18. And I, I want to just set the stage for what we're going to talk about over the next few weekends and talk about what God's word says about our finances. And Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11 says, Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his rules, his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there is no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. How many of you know that God's plan is to do you good in the end? That you might go through some things, but be patient. God's going to do good in the end. He's setting all of this up. You've been blessed. You've been multiplied. You've got houses. Come on, you finally got the car. Finally, finally blessed. And you've gone through some things. God was taking you through some things to do good in the end. But now you're experiencing the goodness of God, the multiplication of God. He said, beware. In that moment, beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and my might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. I love this verse. It's God that gave you the power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And I want to preach a message this weekend called Money Laundering. And I want to talk about cleaning your money. And our attorneys told me that for legal purposes, I have to say that this has spiritual application only. And we are not a part of any money laundering. And I, I'm going to get to that. Will you, will you just park that in your head for a moment? I'm going to get to the money laundering part in, in a moment. But God's word says when silver and gold is multiplied, when everything that you have is multiplying, that when there's an increase, that's a, good, that's a good time to remember that it was God who brought you out, that it was God who blessed you, that it was God who brought out the, the blessing and the multiplication and the increase. And uh, we're, we're living in a culture, whether we recognize it or not, we measure our personal circumstances. But if you back up and take a historical look and you back up and you look at specific examples and you'll realize that our culture has experienced incredible blessing, that we are, have more material wealth, we have more things available to us than any generation and any culture. And when you're experiencing all that multiplication, come on, that's a good moment to just stop and remember it's God that is the one that has brought the blessing. It's God that has brought the increase. It's God that has brought everything that we experience in our life because Deuteronomy 8 is walking us through this idea of increase and the temptation of increase is a heart that is lifted up. That when we've experienced increase, that, that sometimes in that moment, that's when our hearts get lifted up. And when our hearts get lifted up, our gratitude and our wisdom goes down. When, when we get filled with pride and we get filled with self and we get filled with like, man, I've really done it. I've, I, I, I'm, I'm a self-made person. I'm self-sufficient. That, that when we lose that space of gratitude, that our gratitude goes down and our, our wisdom, our, our thinking goes down. And just to give you an example of this, there's, there's a number that I want to show you. And uh, that number is 30, 30 trillion. If you've never seen 30 trillion spelled out, that's what 30 trillion looks like. And if, if you're not familiar with that number, that is actually the rounded down number of our national debt. Congratulations, that's, that's what we all owe. Okay, no, okay, no, not, not a celebratory moment. Like that's, not, that's what our nation owes. 
in debt. And it's incredible because people, you know, nobody's worried about it. Nobody's losing sleep over it. And, and still are people pushing for trillions of dollars of, of more spending and just spending more. And the logic is if we'll spend more, it'll help get us out of debt. How many of you think we probably need some wisdom from God's word to help us just a little bit? I'm not a smart man. But just experience tells me that spending more money is not going to help your financial situation. Can I get an amen? Amen. And every time we do a money collection, we talk about money. And I already know, Jason, you're, you're just going to tell us, we're going to spend three weeks, and you're just going to tell us, get on a budget and tithe. A hundred percent, that's what I'm going to, absolutely, that is what I'm going to tell you. All three weeks, get on a budget and tithe in Jesus' name. Get, get on a budget and tithe. But I really want to talk about the theology of money. Have you ever thought about the totality of what God's word says about our finances? And specifically says about money. Because here's the thing, for, for many of us, we, we, are, we are in the world and we're dominated by a worldly mentality and, that, and we, separate, we separate God and our business and our finances. But how many of you know that God's wisdom from his word isn't just for when you get to the church, but it's for every area of your life. God has wisdom to guide every part of your life. And, and when we talk about like, hey, I'm going to give you a message God, you know, get on a budget and tithe. That's, that's what to do. But how many of you know what to do doesn't carry as much weight if you don't know why to do it? And, and what I want to try to do to the best of my ability is not, is, is yes, I want to tell you what God's word says to do and the, the, the things that God tells us to do. But what I want to really try to do for the next few weeks is, is why. Why is God bringing us to this place where he's like, hey, I want you to, I want you to manage these resources well. And I want, you to, I want you to put me first in your finances because I think everybody knows what. Let's talk about why. And, and money actually is so weird, but in our culture right now, uh, money needs better PR in our current culture. It, it's so interesting to me the, the amount of negativity around money, around wealth, around finances, that whenever you hear money discussed, and it's, by the way, it's not just in the world, it's also in religious circles. When you hear the topic of money come up, it's, it's in a negative context, and it's so fascin- fascinating to me, because when it comes to money, everybody wants it, but everybody also seemingly looks down on those that have it. Like if you, if you have, if you have wealth, you kind of have to like downplay it or, or you'll, you'll be seen as, as some kind of negative person. And like when you, when you hear this phrase, it already has a negative context to it. And that's, there's, there's phrases that just carry a negative connotation. The, the phrase big business. Have you ever heard that phrase postured in a way that was positive? And, and in, in the church world, there's, a, there's another phrase that, that has a religious context to it, and it's the, it's the phrase megachurch. Every time you hear the phrase megachurch, there's something negative, there's a stigma attached to it, and it's like anything that's large, anything that's prosperous, anything that's overtly successful is met with derision, it's met with suspicion, it's met with cynicism and criticism, and it's problematic because here's the reality is God wants to increase your life. God wants to bless your life. God wants to bring growth. He's not the God of scarcity and lack. He's the God of abundance. He's not just the God of enough. Come on, he's the God of more than enough, that he's got great things in store for you. And it's not whether something is big or small. that, That has nothing to do with the morality, with the righteousness of something, with the effectiveness of something. And we need to break that mentality that if something is successful, then there's something wrong. 
wrong with it. If something is small and impoverished, then somehow it's automatically holy. Listen, it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. There's good rich people and there's bad rich people. There's bad poor people and there's good poor people. The economic status, the size of your life, the size of whatever it is, doesn't matter. It's how you handle what God is bringing into your life. And we need to get, we need to get a healthy view of money because it becomes problematic when you meet every bit of, every bit of success with suspicion because watch this, we don't need to despise what God has destined. <laughs> and God has destined you. God has destined you to walk in his blessing, Amen. in his favor. And the, the, the negative view of wealth and blessing actually has real world application. In, in the country of Germany, between the years of 1990 and 1995, the nation of Germany lost 500,000 jobs in five years. Over, a half, over half a million people just left the workforce. It, it wasn't an economic downturn. There, 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 there wasn't a real reason for it. And so there was a study done after that time period to try to figure out uh, what it was that, that caused a half, over, a half a million people just to walk away from jobs. And after the study was done, it was determined that for three decades before that time span, that the educational institutions had taught a negative view of money and wealth. And because of a generation that was raised up to see making money and producing as a negative, they no longer wanted to be a part of a workforce that would strive to receive blessing. There's, there's real world application. There's, there's a negative view of money in the world. There's a negative view of money in, in a religious context. Anything successful is met as immoral and it's problematic because watch this, you'll never succeed at something you view negatively. You'll never succeed at something that you see as toxic. And God wants you to win with money. God absolutely wants you to win with money. But here's the thing. God gets to define the win. He's the one that gets to define what a win is. And the world will tell you this. The world will tell you that if you have money, then you've won. Like if you have money, then you've won. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, you, you've, you've won. You got money, you've won. And what God's word is going to tell you is just because you have money, it doesn't mean that you've won. It, it doesn't mean that you're okay. It, it doesn't mean that, 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 you, that you're okay because it's not having money that is defined as the win. You know what the win is? It's how do I handle the money that God brings into my life? That's whether or not it determines that I have a win. In fact, having money can be the opposite of a win if you don't handle it well. Matthew chapter 19, verses 23 through 24. Jesus said to his disciples, truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier. I want you to think about these words. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples are like, Lord, like how, how, how does that work? Why is it so difficult? But what I want you to understand is people get all messed up thinking about that God is against money or that money is a negative. And the, and the, the, the reality is, is the difficulty that Jesus is talking about needs to be defined. Because the difficulty for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven isn't on God's side. It's not on the God's side. Because the Bible says God is, and this is old language, God is no respecter of persons. What does that mean? That means God doesn't value one person over another person. That he doesn't have preferential treatment over this person than he does for another person. What God does for one, he will do for everyone. That God gives us all the opportunity to do things. And so God is no respecter of persons. In other words, he doesn't treat the rich different than the poor when it comes to salvation. 
that when it comes to all of us, God has made a way for salvation. And there is not a different way of salvation based on your economic status. There's only one way to salvation. And that doesn't matter what's in your bank account. We go to the foot of the cross. We declare Jesus is Lord. We surrender our heart and our life to him. And that's the way that we find salvation. And it doesn't matter your economic status. It doesn't matter your educational status. It doesn't matter how much clout you have in the community. We all drop our knees, surrender our lives, and declare Jesus is Lord because it's the same. And so the difficulty of finding salvation isn't on the God side. The difficulty is on our side because sometimes having all of our material needs met blinds us to having to what our eternal needs are. That when we have so many material needs, we, we get blinded into thinking that we don't have eternal needs. And that's what Jesus is telling us. He's telling us that, that it's difficult when we have so much that sometimes we don't need, see our need of God because having a lot of stuff seduces you to think that you've won when you're really losing. And it, and it isn't until we get into a situation where, where there's, come on, sometimes we just get into moments where there's nothing that our money can do to change our circumstances. And that's usually when we realize, listen, money can't heal my marriage. Money can't dig my kids out of whatever they're in. Money can't go back and break the addiction. Money can't go back and heal this thing in my life. Come on, those are the moments that we realize, I need God. I need, uh, I need something greater than myself. I need something more than I am. And it's God who steps in and we need to understand having money isn't a win and not having money isn't a win. Neither of those things, not having a scare. We don't need to have a scarcity mentality. We don't need to have a lack mentality. We don't need to be jealous or envious of those that have. We just need to realize I need God. God wants to provide for my life and I can step into the things that God has for me. And in our thinking, the, the, the rich person is always somebody else. But how many of you know, it doesn't matter how much you have in your life, all of us can get into a place where we are comfortable and we are self-sufficient. And what the Bible is going to tell us over and over and over again is what Deuteronomy told us. And is when you get to a place and you think, come on, I've done all of this. I've got it all settled. That's a good time to remember. Come on, there's a God that has seen you through. There's a God that has been good to you, that's walked you through life, that the breath that we have, it came from God, that the thing that should have taken you out by God's grace and mercy he spared your life and he didn't take come on there's just moments that we need to back up and realize that it's not just me it's not just my effort it's just not my ability God has been good to us God has made a way for us and he's got great things that he has for us and we honor him and I, I want to share with you just four practical things on finances I'm going to call these money lender, money laundering principles and I, again, I'm going to get there in a minute, so hang with me. Before money laundering principles, the first one is this, is, is you need money. It's a good time to say amen if you want to say amen. Amen. I need, I need, I need money. And here's the thing is, is it's not just you need money. First of all, you can't launder something you don't have. And so God... God wants to give you blessing, but here's, here's the qualifier, is you actually need money to do the things God has called you to do. There's, there's things God's asked you to do. Now, you don't, you don't need money for salvation. You don't, you don't need money to receive from God, but you do need money to just fulfill the things that God has called you to do, to just do the things that God has called you to do. How many of you believe God has called you to be generous? How many of you know you need a little money to be generous? How many of you know maybe God's going to ask you to give in an offering? The Holy Spirit's going to lay it on your heart to give in an offering. Well, how many of you know you need a little money to give in the offering? How many of you believe that God wants you to be able to provide for yourself? How many of you believe that God wants you to be able to provide for your family? How many of you believe that God wants us to build a church in this community? Listen, all of those th- you know what all of those things require? Money. And, and people have this idea of what I'm going to call utopian Jesus. 
Utopian Jesus was a Jesus that never, never had to pay for anything, nothing ever cost anything. He just floated around in sandals that somehow magically appeared on his feet. He had a well-groomed, very great beard, and he went around, and, and there was always food, and there was, always, and there was, there was absolutely no cost to any of that stuff. But this is what the Bible tells us about the earthly ministry of Jesus. And I honestly think a lot of people don't know this. Can, can we take time to look at the word of God? Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. Soon afterward, Jesus went on through the cities and villages. So he's operating itinerant ministry. Anybody traveled lately? Did it cost you money to travel? Did, it, did, it, did you have to buy gas? Did you have to pay for transportation? Did you have to pay? Okay, did, you, did the restaurants give you uh, the food? No. Okay, so Jesus is operating, and I t- like he's traveling, and he's proclaiming, and he's bringing the good news of the kingdom of God, and the 12 are with him. So not, not only is it Jesus, there's his 12 disciples that are with him. He's got 12 other mouths to feed, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits. So there's this whole company of people that are going around. They've been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, who was Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others, watch this, who provided for them out of their means. That, that Jesus had financial supporters of his ministry. In other words, I want you to think about this. Jesus needed money in order to fulfill the purpose that he was on earth to do, to go and preach the gospel, to go and heal the sick, to go and see. And so he had, a, he, had a, he had a traveling ministry. He had supporters of his ministry, and they had been set free by Jesus. And because Jesus had done so much for them, they gave into his ministry so Jesus could go do for others what he had done for him and we still see it every time we stand on the stage and we encourage people in their tithes and offerings and every one of us that hit the send button on the text or we drop the envelope off in the giving container we just are all people come on who Jesus has done so much for us we just want to see Jesus come on keep doing it in the lives of other people that our lives have been changed and we want to see other people's lives changed and it started with Mary and Joanna and Susanna and now we can add our names there, people who have been set free and we just want to support the ministry of Jesus, the preaching of the gospel so that God's word can go forth. That, that was the process. And then the Bible tells us, I'm not going to go into it right now, but Jesus had a, what was called a money bag. Jesus had, his ministry had a treasury. And there was, a, there was a man named Judas who was over the treasury. We're going to talk about that in the third week of this collection, that Jesus had, had, a, had a treasurer and a treasury. And so Jesus operated not from a place where everywhere he went was free and everybody gave him everything. Jesus had to manage his money. And watch this. Jesus was human. How many of you have heard that, that he was fully God, but he was fully man? He, he had all this. He went through everything. He's not a high priest who cannot be touched by our infirmities. And so we talk about Jesus experiencing all the humanity of life. And you've all probably Probably most of us have heard sermons on Jesus being able to sympathize with our condition of humanity. How about this Jesus? Jesus operated a ministry that was itinerant, that went all over the, all over the known world, all over that region of the world, preaching the gospel, and everywhere he went, he had bills to pay, and he needed money. How about that Jesus? Jesus had bills to pay, but he honored God through every step of it. God provided for his needs, and he made it all the way through. Let's talk about that Jesus. If Jesus needed money, you're going to need money, not just to pay the bills, but to fulfill everything that God has for you. And there's a God that will provide for you if you'll handle money the right way. Here's the second thing. And this, this is a little challenging. Money is dirty, filthy, dirty. Matthew, or Genesis chapter 3, 17 through 18, and to Adam... This is the fall of man, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Watch this, cursed is the ground because of you. I want you to think about this, everything that comes from the world is cursed. It it, it carries the mark of sin. That's why money can be a good thing, but the Bible teaches that the world is cursed, that that we're, we're living in an environment that carries the stain of the fall of man. So I need something that is under the curse of a fallen world. Is this making sense? 
Jesus talks about this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. He said, no one can serve two masters. What are the two masters? He will either hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. Jesus said this, there's two systems, and you can't serve both of them. You can't serve God and money. You've got to pick which one you're going to serve. Because one of them is going to bring you to a place where you can have money and you can do it in a way that's God-honoring and it's clean. One of them is going to encourage you, watch this, to operate according to the world's system, the world's value, so I can handle money, I can think about money, I can chase money, I can strive for money, I can be money-obsessed the way the world does it, and the money will stay dirty, or I can handle money, I can have a right mentality about money, I can receive money, and I can do it according to a different kingdom. In other words, I can launder that money. I can take it from cursed and I can move it to blessed. And how do you do that? Number three, God has given you the ability and responsibility to make money. I don't know if you know this or not, but the Bible actually tells you not only do you have the ability, but you also have the responsibility. That, that it's, it's a responsibility. And, and one of the big misunderstandings of, of our culture is the thinking that you should receive provision without providing production. That, that, that you should automatically have provision without providing any production. And in our modern culture, we've, we've detached provision from production. And producing and receiving provision, I want to make this clear, that's not a government system, that's a kingdom principle. And in any, any economic system that removes provision from production will find itself in scarcity and lack. It's, it's historic. And, and right now we, we have historic uh, supply problems in our nation. You go to the store and just common things aren't accessible to you. What's happening? What's happening is we've lowered the idea of production and is stifling provision. I'm a little fired up because I want you to understand God puts you on this earth and he gave you ability. Come on, because God puts you here to be a producer. And, and we, we discount, we discount all kinds of things and we, we think it doesn't matter. Listen, I, I believe it matters. The Bible says whatever your hand finds to do, hey, do it with all your might and don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the little part-time job you're starting out with, young person. Don't despise the thing. You just work at it heartily to the Lord and God is going to give you opportunity. God gave you, watch this, God gave you hands to work. God gave you a mind to be able to problem solve, to learn, to instruct, to teach, to be knowledgeable, to be wise. And then God gives you opportunity to go be productive and production leads to provision. And anything that violates that principle ends up in lack and scarcity because what money is, is money is just a means of payment and a measure of value. how, How do you know what to sell your house for? Well, you sell it for whatever anybody will give it for you, right? Like, who do I sell it to? The person that gives me the most money for the house. That's, how I, that's who I sell it to. It's just a way that we measure value. Like, what, what is this job worth? Well, is, can, can anybody do it? Is it then if, if there's a lot of people that can do it, then the value on it is going to be a little bit lower. Is this a job that requires education? Is this a job that requires a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge, a lot of ability? Well, there's a less people that can do it, so the value goes up. Does this make sense, anybody? This is, this is simple stuff. It's just a value, and so what I contribute Tribute then, produ- then determines what my value is, like what I'm able to contribute. And I just want to encourage you, like there's people that, that have a negative view of money and a negative view of wealth, and I just want you to understand God wants you to be blessed, and God wants you to have things, but what you need to understand is if I'm going to be blessed, I need to increase my value, that God has given you the ability to increase your skill, increase your wisdom, use the, hand God's, the hands God gave you, use the mind God gave you, increase your value. The Bible teaches several things, 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 through 12. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage. 
courage in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. Do your work quietly and to earn your own living. It's, it's a responsibility to be productive. Colossians chapter 3, 23 through 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. He said, whatever you do, don't do it like you're doing it for a person. Do it like you're doing it for Jesus, like you're working for the Lord. And then he says, watch this, that there will be an inheritance. Do you know what we do? We separate our work life from our spiritual life. We separate the business world from our, our relation, from our faith world. And God doesn't have a separation. He doesn't see you as a church person and as a business person. He just sees you as a person. And we separate it. We're like, man, when I get to church, I'm going to, I'm going to be a person of excellence and I'm going to be a person of honor. And when I get to church, I'm going to be a generous person and I'm going to live out. But when I get to work, I'm going to be half-hearted and I'm not going to have excellence and I'm not going to be an honoring person. And God is like, no, 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 no. I've called you to operate in this world using the ability. And I don't differentiate that that's ministry and that's not ministry. When you go to work and you're productive, you're using the body, the mind, and the soul I gave you. And when you do it with all your heart, you're not doing it for a person. You're doing it for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, there's actually a, an eternal, did you know that there's actually an eternal reward on the work that you do, not just because you did it for a company, but because you realize God planted you here in this world with limitless potential and ability to go and be productive. And when you use the body, the mind, the hands, the eyes, the things that God has given you, then you're serving God. In the Hebrew language, the same word for serve at work and serve God were the same word. They never differentiated work life and spiritual life. They just saw it as all one act of worship. When I lift my hands in this auditorium and I worship God, I'm serving him. When I take those hands and if you're a mechanic and you fix a car, that's the same act of worship because you did it as unto the Lord. Proverbs 11.1 1 talks about doing it honestly. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. What, what does that mean? It means when I, when I do things, when I, when I do honest work, that I don't, I don't have to feel guilty. I can, just, I can just do this, can provide this honestly. And we, we can do things in, in, in a fallen world, or we, come on, we can do things from a kingdom mentality. You, you can cheat and manipulate, lie, steal, strive, work, work, work for money, run yourself into a grave, try to get something for nothing, like, man, everybody owes me, or I can say, God planted me on this earth with a skill and ability, and I have value, and I have worth, and I'm going to go do this, and I'm going to be productive, I'm going to use what God gave me, I'm going to provide for my family, I'm going to provide for myself, I'm going to do it honestly, and when I produce, come on, God provides, and we don't work for money, we work for God. Money comes, and blessing is going to come. But work is part of our purpose. It's part of our worship. It's part of our honoring God. We produce for ourselves. We produce for our families. And here's what I notice people do is they kill their production by killing their potential. Because I promise you, there's, there are jobs that you've talked yourself out of because you felt like you didn't have the ability. There's careers. And I, I, feel, I just feel a moment right now. There's educational pursuits. You have discounted yourself. Said I could never be smart enough to do that. Man, one of the, if, if, if you want to get me fired up and have me say really negative things, you just say you're too stupid to do something and I'm going to be in your face. Because you are a child, come on, you're a child of God. God gave you a mind that can expand. That you're not limited by where you're at. That you're not limited by what your parents did or didn't do. Can I help somebody right now? It is God that has given you the ability. And there, I just want to speak to it. God's given you the ability to produce wealth. And I just want to tell you, you have greater capacity. There is more in you that you can expand your mind, that you can expand your knowledge and your experience. There's new skills that you can develop. You can do, get rid of all the negative self-talk. You can develop greater ability. You can sharpen. Some of you have a gift. You just need to sharpen and 
and refine that gift because it's God that has given you the ability to produce wealth. And when you increase and you stop diminishing what God gave you, watch this, your value is going to increase and your finances are going to increase. The blessing of God. But you, you, need to, you need to realize that you're not honoring God when you dishonor yourself. When you're disqualifying yourself from jobs, positions, advancement. Now you honor God when you say, God gave me a mind. Come on, there's business people that, there's, there's this toxic thinking that's kept you out of the business world. There's, there's educational pursuits and, I hear it from people. Come on, can I just tell you, it's God that's given you the ability. Let's deal with the unbelief and the toxic thinking. Let's deal with the negative view of money. And let's believe that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Here's the fourth thing. We honor God. This is how you launder your money. We honor God with the money we produced. I produced it. I I, I produced God provided. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruit of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will burst with wine. And the why is we need money. We need provision just to do the things God's called us to do, to be responsible. Money is dirty. Come on, it comes from a system of a fallen world. And our job, watch this. The reason why I believe God wants you to be blessed is because there's, there's wealth, there's, pro, there's provision that is kept in the kingdom of darkness. And when you honor God with it, this is the tithe. Did you know that the number 10 is the number of redemption? Why is it 10%? Why not 20%? Why not 30%? Why didn't God ask for everything? Why did he ask for 10? Because when you read the, num- when you read the Bible, the number 10 is always the number of redemption. And what it means is I, I, I needed money. I used God. I honored you. I used my ability. I used my skill. I didn't cheat anybody. I, I, did, I wasn't dishonest. I, I was integrous in how I did it. I just went and used my ability. I, I have a great value. And I went and I earned this money and in this when now you're increasing and now you're multiplying and I'm going to stop and I'm going to remember it wasn't me that produced this it was you that produced it so I'm going to honor you with the first fruit I'm going to honor you I'm going to remember that it was you that brought this into my hand and when I do that I redeem that money and that money is now laundered it is now clean it's moved from curse to blessing it's moved from unholy to holy it's moved from dirty to clean because come on we 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 we, we redeemed it. We cleaned it. We, we, we honored it. We honored God. And we, we did it the way that God wanted us to do. And that's how we redeem our money. So we needed money to do the things that God called us to do. We used our ability. We honored God. We provided for ourselves. We, we honored God with the first part. We remembered others and, and were generous. First Timothy 6, 17. Paul says, teach those who are rich in this present world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God. Watch this. Who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. You know what that means? That means Paul said, don't 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 tell people they're 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 rich people they're scum because they you know don't don't talk down to rich people he's just like hey hey here's the message of the bible don't trust in riches don't trust in riches don't trust in that always keep your trust in god always keep your trust in god and then you just have to realize i've produced it i needed it i've produced it god gave me the ability to produce it and i produced it and then i was responsible i did it honestly i did it with integrity i did what god gave me the responsibility i provided for myself I provided for my family and then I stopped and when I got the increase I honored the God of heaven and I said I, I this is this is to honor you that I, I want to remember that it was you that gave me this and now that money is clean I've remembered others and you know what I need to do with that money enjoy it and be blessed because it's God that's given it to you so richly so that you can enjoy all things not look at it negatively not meet it with suspicion just receive it with a grateful heart God, you are so 
good. You have blessing for your people. You've got provision. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are the God who provides that I can enjoy the life God's given me, that I can live in the place that God wants me to live. Because I've not lived according, come on, to the system of the world. I've done God's money laundering system. And now that money is holy, it's blessed, it's clean. If you receive that, would you give God some praise and stand on your feet? It's blessed. And I want to I encourage some hearts right now. I want to invite you back next weekend because I'm going I'm to talk about poverty and I'm going to talk about prosperity. And for many of you, you think, you think maybe scarcity and lack is, is something God has put on you. Listen, that's something that comes from the world. It doesn't come from God. And poverty isn't just a, a number in your bank account. Poverty is a condition of the soul. You're thinking. Hmm. Man, I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. I, I'm really believing. I, I, I know teaching on money isn't the most exciting, sexy thing we do. But if, if, if you could just feel my heart, you, you would know that my heart is that there are people that have never been able to get ahead because generational cycles of thinking and words you've been saying and things you've been believing and you've been talking yourself out of some things. I believe those things are going to be broken in the name of Jesus. Believe, I believe some people are going to go forward. Because we love to quote Malachi 3, 10, you know, bring the whole tithe in the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out more than you have the ability to receive, right? Anybody believe that in the room? Like, I'm going to pour out more than you have the ability to receive. Well, what's God pouring out? Because the, the kind of thing we go to is like, okay, money's just going to like, like like money just no 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 what's God pouring out he's pouring out opportunities he's pouring out dreams he's pouring out visions he's pouring out ideas and so God's like hey let me give you this business idea and then you're like I'm not smart enough to do that I can't do that God didn't got that I can't be blessed come on let's deal with all that the windows of heaven are open over your life there's there's so much blessing that you have the ability can you, can you feel my heart a little bit? There's so much on you. Write the book. Start the business. Don't do it full-heartedly. Go back to college. You're, you're smart enough. God gave you the mind. Is it going to be challenging? Absolutely. But God gave you a mind that can increase in wisdom and knowledge. God has given you the ability. So many of us have a gift. We haven't valued it. Come on, sharpen that gift, refine that gift, and increase your value, and you're going to see the God of all provision move in your life. Father, I pray for your people. Every, every negative self-talk, every bit of negative self-talk, every, every bit of mental stronghold, every negative, every negative view of money, of, of, of seeing it as suspiciously, of not valuing it, Father, would you, would you break every stronghold? God, would you, would you let us be people who step into a world that has opportunity and use every bit of ability and gifting that you've given us to, pro to produce in the world, to be productive. And God, see our value increase and see our provision increase. God, I pray right now, online, in this room, for those that are leaning in this moment, God, pour out dreams and visions. Pour out ideas. Pour out vision in Jesus' name. Put dreams in the hearts of your people. God, we, we'll steward them. We'll steward them by, by, by reading, by getting educated, by, by working and doing the things that you've called us to do. We'll do it, Father. We'll, we'll be good stewards of the skill, talent, and ability that you've given us. We'll maximize every bit of our ability, 
not doing it for money, not doing it for men. We're doing it for you, Jesus. We give you praise. I want to pray for some people in the room, online. You know, the world will tell you to measure how well you're doing in life by your material possessions. If you got money in the bank account, if you got a home, you got all all the things. Can I just give you a different perspective? And that is how well you're doing isn't based on what's in your bank account or what kind of home you're living. How well you're doing is determined by how close you are to Jesus. And we need to move away from rich and poor. We just need to, are you spiritually rich? Are you living in the grace of God? Are you living in the place of eternal life, salvation? That's how we need to measure our lives. Maybe you're in this room, listen, there's no condemnation, there's no judgment, but maybe spiritually you you don't feel that wealth, that that closeness to Jesus, you feel far from God. Well, here's, here's the good thing about the gospel. You ready for this? You don't need money to receive what's about to happen in this room right now. You don't need money. Isaiah, I love Isaiah. He said, let him who has no money, let him come and draw water out of the well. You can come and, you can come and receive. In other words, there's nothing about your life that qualifies or disqualifies you from receiving the grace of God. A generous, come on, a generous God wants to lavish grace on your life wants to pour out salvation in your life I'm going to lead us in a prayer if you want to receive you want to receive salvation it just it just cost you your repentance it just cost you come on your surrender it just cost you your response your yes to Jesus and I want everybody to pray this prayer but maybe you feel distant maybe you feel far maybe you feel spiritually bankrupt maybe you feel like you are in a spiritual wilderness listen I believe all of God's grace is about to reign on your life all of God's favor and blessing all of his salvation eternal life abundant life is about to be poured out in this moment it just needs needs to be received come on you can draw out of this well right now everybody in this room online just pray this prayer say Lord Jesus I receive you now. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my past. Wash away my sin. Make me a new person. Today I receive you as my leader and my Lord. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Come on, give them a hand. If you, if you just prayed that prayer, come on, if you just received grace, if you just received Jesus, if you just made that decision online in the room, I'm going to count to three. We want to honor. We want to celebrate. We want to congratulate. We want to see you take a first step of faith in your journey of walking out everything that God has in your life. I'm going to count to three just so you know when to do it. But if you just prayed that prayer with me for a moment to receive Jesus or to come back to Jesus, when I get to three online, type Jesus in all caps. Come on, in the room, when I get to three, just shoot that hand up. We want to celebrate this moment in your life. You ready, Coast Life family? Come on, on the count of three, if that was you, one, two, if that was you, three, would you just raise your hand and say, I made the decision, I want to follow Jesus, I want to receive, see that hand, I see it. Come on, would you say welcome to the family of God, give them a great hand. Hey, thank you for joining us, and a special thank you to those of you who give so faithfully and generously to this church. It's because of people like you that podcasts like this are possible, and you can click the link in the description to give now, or you can visit mycoastlifechurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love it if you subscribed, share it with your friends. So thank you for listening, and God bless you.